All right, we are back in the studio today, and it is my turn to interview Keith Osmond. He is my business partner. He is entrepreneur extraordinaire. He is my man. Yep. What's up? <laughs> it feels weird being on this side of it. Usually you're the one doing Yes, you're, you're in charge. You're I'm in, in charge. You're in charge today. Well, we get to interview you today. We get to hear a little bit about your story. Here we are, first of the year. New Year's resolutions are in full swing, but this is not your first rodeo. You have been part of the fitness world around here in Rome for a long time. People have known your name. They have seen your face. And none of this, none of this is new to you, is it? No, no. It's, it, I guess it's, that's, that's part of, I guess, one of my biggest things is I've been doing it so long I forget sometimes, you know, some of these hangups and issues that a lot of people have. So I got to kind of rewind. And a lot of times telling my story helps me remember what it's like to be new. Yeah, because it's like to go back to the very beginning, especially when you've been doing it, as long as what you've been doing it, what? Since you were 15, 15 or so? Yeah, 15, 16 years old. Yeah, I remember um, my dad, when I first started getting interested in working out, my, my dad actually had to co-sign my gym membership at the Rome Health Spa. Whoa, and you're still a member there today. No, the Rome Health Spa is gone. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I wish well, it was still around. Well, here in Rome, there's been quite a um, a history, I guess, of gyms and you know that have come and that have gone and there's a lot yep. that are still here and i know that that you're a member of quite a few gyms here in town uh they just offer different things and you just you just like to freestyle and just go wherever you feel i mean is that is yeah. that fair to say yep yep i know sometimes it's it's weird to to, to have multiple gym memberships but I, I like the freedom to move around and and have the flexibility to you know if i'm feeling a certain if atmosphere or vibes one day that i can go to this gym and some gyms have better equipment than other so I don't, I don't knock anybody with multiple gym memberships. No, not at all. And I thought I was weird uh, having multiple gym memberships, but I, the more I talk to people, there's there's people that do have more more than one gym membership for that same reason. Yeah, because each gym really does offer its its own its own thing, its yeah. own thing. So wherever you feel comfortable is where you're going to go. And if that means that you have multiple gym memberships, then by all means, you go for it. Yeah. So. Let's start back at the beginning. Like, take us back. Where where were you, and what 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 were your first memories of having fitness introduced into your life? Um, take us way back. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess my my dad was probably the biggest influence as far as fitness. I remember from a young age, him having a rundown shack out back in the backyard, and he had a weight set. And these are the old weights. These these weights, I think, were the like the concrete weights that had like a, a thin layer of plastic on them. Do you remember those? I don't. You don't? I don't ever remember those. And um, and then he had some like iron weights, and then he had like this um, stretchy like metal. Not even a re- it's not even a resistance band, but he had it hanging from the the door of the building where he would do like tricep push downs and stuff like that. Now that I think I remember, there's like two metal springs yes. attached to a handle. I do remember seeing those. Yes. Yep. And he had like a he actually built his own preacher curl bench, so he was really resourceful and could could fix anything and build anything. So he at that time he worked at the Lindell Mill, and I think he got some of the guys that worked in the welding department to fab him up a. Um, a preacher smith bench <laughs> you know curl station yeah. and he he got a local 
upholstery shop to do the padding on it, and that's what he made his curl curl bench out of. Wow. Well, we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but some of that resourcefulness definitely rubbed off on you during the shutdown during yep. COVID time. So we'll touch on that later, but but I can definitely see where, where you got that from. Yep. So I remember some some memories of just being out in the yard and, and hearing him hollering for help. And I would run up there to look in the in the building he was in, and he would be struggling to get the weight off his chest with the barbell. And all he would need was just my my assistant to help him get it up. I wouldn't, but probably I don't know seven or eight years old, and I was able to to help him get that weight off his chest. So I and it, he had the muscle magazines, you know, sitting off to the side. And you know, back then looking at him, I just remember seeing these just huge, massive bodybuilders on the front cover, and of course the the bikini models of course yep of course so, um he, he definitely had his share of those that i would flip through sometimes and i remember he actually cut me a a trail because uh, he had i had got a go-kart for christmas one year and he used the the family tractor to cut in a, a trail around the, the property that we owned and that was my go-kart track but for him it was a running track he would do like i forgot how many laps around it would equal a mile and I remember him doing that. So my dad played a large role in, I guess, as far as sparking that interest yeah. for me. But, and as far as like other factors, I mean, my, my mom, she was just so busy raising us kids. I mean, I think she had a treadmill that she would use every now and then in the bedroom. And I didn't really have um, anybody in the family ever really talk about eat this, don't eat that. Like there was not really any do's or don'ts. We had kind of free reign to kind of eat whatever we wanted. And what and what would that mean for you? What would that mean for you as a I kid? just know that the food pantry always stayed stocked, which I was I'm blessed to have that as a kid. I mean, we didn't struggle, but it did allow me to to go in there and grab any type of food I wanted, whether it was sweet what do you call them, Debbie rolls? Sweet rolls. Oh, yeah, the little Debbie snacks, like yep. the Swiss rolls. And breakfast cereals. I remember just, and I often wonder sometimes, like, did my mom ever wonder why, like, the cereal didn't last as long as it should have? Like, <laughs> I want to ask her one day and be like, do you do you ever recall wanting to, like, ask your kids, like, why a box of Fruity Pebbles only lasted one day? That would have been a question I would ask. I have asked that question before. Oh, my, like, I've got... You know, I've got the the two teenagers now, but ice cream was big thing in our house. And I'd be like, where did all the ice cream go? And I would have to tell Kara because Kara was always the one. She's she's the younger one. She was the one that would play food police. And she would tell on her brother that he ate too much ice cream. I just started buying them each their own ice cream. I was like, this one's Kara's, this one's Bose's, and I'm not buying any more ice cream yep. until this day. And if you eat it all in one sitting, then... That's it until this day. Kara was real good about making hers last. Bo's not so much, but he was happy with it. He was like, I'll, I'll just get more ice cream the day she says that we're going to get more ice cream. Yeah, I don't, if, if my mom had that conversation with us, I don't remember. I just know that I was able to get up in the mornings and get dressed for school. And while I was, as I was waiting for the school bus, uh, sit there and pour me bowl after bowl of Fruity Pebbles and watch Saved by the Bell. And I swear I would probably go through almost a whole box each morning. Wow. Just just passing time by. And I, I love the cereal. 
Well, it's good cereal. It is. It is good cereal. And all the other stuff, the, t- the toaster strudels, and that brings back a memory of my sisters getting so mad at me because the, the box would come with like, I don't know, eight strudels and eight packets of icing, right? Yeah. Well, I, sometimes I would sneak out an extra pack of icing. So the la- the person that would grab the last toaster strudel would not have any icing. And oh they would, I would be so mad. They would get mad at me. <laughs> I don't blame them. So I don't blame them. Just stuff like that. Well, what was it like when you were in elementary school and middle school? Like, did you did you play any sports? Did you do any recreational type activities? Yeah, I don't. I played some baseball. I don't. I didn't consider myself to be very athletic. Maybe in my head, I thought I was, but looking back at at pictures, um, I was a kind of the round, plump kid, soft, and I guess A for effort, or E for effort, I don't, you know, maybe in my head I thought I was becoming an athlete, but looking back, it it, it, it didn't, it, all the signs didn't point to that being an athletic kid <laughs> at the photos. So I guess I, I tried. I don't remember um, my parents making me do it. I think maybe part of it was them maybe pushing me a little bit and then me wanting to. But a little bit of baseball, a little bit of basketball. Um, I really didn't get involved with, um, I guess, fitness until I I got closer to the age of like 16 years old, 15 or 16 years old. And by then I was probably 250 pounds, had real bad acne. Um, Right at that impressionable age for a teenage boy. Yeah, just started high school, started driving. And I remember being at a party like a house party and a friend of mine was kind of in the same situation he was a heavier kid and it it didn't take us very long to to realize you know who the who the cool kids were you know that the people weren't really so interested in hanging out with uh, the two bigger guys so you were feeling that even even at that age like you just had that awareness you you knew that the confidence just wasn't yeah. particularly there like yep. it was for the other kids. Yep. So um, me and him actually, I guess we, we, we discovered that about the same time. And at some point shortly after that, we decided to, to, to do something about it. We, we both joined the gym. And when remember, we both would go to the gym in the mornings before school started because we had just got our driver's license at that time. So we could meet at the gym at, at uh, I don't know, set six thirty or seven in the morning. Yeah. Knock out some cardio, and I even had a treadmill. I drug my mom's treadmill up to my bedroom, and I remember just setting two alarm clocks. You know, one one alarm would go off at say five thirty. I would roll over and take some kind of caffeine pill, fat burner <laughs> pill. If you've heard me talk about this, if anyone listening's heard me talk about this, is where I learned this from. He's told me this story so many times, yep. and I'm like, why didn't I ever think of this? That way, when the second alarm go off, went off, I would already have that, that caffeine or stimulants in my system, and I could just jump up and get right on my, my treadmill in my bedroom, and I'd crank up some music. Uh, I'm guessing at this point, my parents were already gone for work. So um, I'm going to stop you here for a second. So let's just let's just paint this picture right here. So you're you're about 16 years old, and you you have the discipline within you to get up early, and do what you needed to do in order to get the activity going that wasn't there before. You you don't find that much in 
in teenage kids. Where do you think that came from? I guess it was ingrained through two, two busy body parents. I just grew up watching parents just, just get shit done. Yeah. Like, I mean, my dad was always working and, and, um, making upgrades on the house and could fix anything, do anything. And my mom was always, you know, doing the, the housework and cooking and uh, doing her thing. And just, so I just grew up seeing really productive parents. So maybe that's, that's where it was kind of instilled in me. That's awesome that you were able to, to make that happen at such a young age. Where did, where did that, how long would it, did it take you to start seeing results? Yeah. So I probably, you know, did it, in the beginnings kind of the kind of the wrong way because i mean i didn't i didn't know anything at that time i mean i'd start just started reading some magazines and and going to bodybuilding.com because i mean 20 22 23 years ago nothing was around like as far as uh, a smartphone or what year would you say this is i'm trying to place myself. yeah so this would have been this would have been 2000 the year 2000 2001 yeah somewhere in there because i would have been Freshman year would have been 1999 and then carried over in the, in the year 2000 when I was just starting to drive. Okay. So this is back in the good old Rome health spa days. Anybody from Rome will know that was that was the place to be. That was the only place to be in Rome at the time. And I made a lot, a lot of good a lot of good memories there. I met a lot of great people that I still stay in touch with till this day. But, yeah, I mean, just between setting those alarm clocks and getting up, you know, 5.30 in the morning, getting that cardio in in my bedroom. And I remember at that time, my sisters being a little bit concerned. They would they would look at me and they would realize I was losing weight fast and not eating as much. Um, what, I, what did your diet look like at that time? <laughs> because that's the thing. Like you can, you can exercise, but if you don't change any of your eating habits, then the results may come slowly. They may not come at all. It might make you hungrier. So a lot of times people will increase what they eat if they're not really sure what they're doing yep. and they're just balancing it out. So what, what did your diet look like to start dropping weight that quickly? And we're not saying this is the way to do it. I'm just curious what yep. your diet was like. So yeah, the, the the bowls of fruity pebbles got replaced with with eggs and oatmeal, and I remember on the mornings that I would go to the gym, I would actually get up about twenty minutes extra early, and I would go down to the kitchen. and I, I still lived at home at this time. This is sixteen years old, and I would scramble up, I don't know, two three eggs, add in some egg whites, do the bowl of oatmeal, and I would actually combine them together in the same bowl. And then put a little bit of sugar-free maple syrup on top and then cover that whole bowl in aluminum foil and stick it in my Jeep. So it would stay hot. So between driving 20 minutes to the gym, working out for 45 minutes or so, that that bowl of uh, eggs and oatmeal was still really warm by the time I got finished with the gym. And I would actually go grab that and either sometimes eat it inside my Jeep or take it back in the gym and eat it sitting on a weight bench before I would go shower and change clothes and get ready to go to school. Yeah. So that was, um, and then for the rest of the day, um, I would, I would go ahead and put a couple of scoops of, uh, like whey protein powder in a shaker cup, put that in my book bag. And still to this day, if I come across my math teacher in town, she'll sometimes bring up, uh, or even, uh, friends or classmates that I had, they got memories of sitting in class and all of a sudden hearing that shaker, shaker cup go off. That's got its own distinct sound for sure. Yeah. And I remember 
having to ask for permission to get up in the very beginning stages, I would ask the teacher, Hey, can I, can I get up and go shake this up, you know, out in the hallway. And after a while she was like, just, you don't have to ask me anymore. Just go. <laughs> just go. Just. <laughs> so I actually started just doing it like out in the hallway. So it was something that was becoming second nature to you. Yeah. And I, I, I think I just, just totally stopped eating the school lunches and I would just eat like fruit. Just if they had, they had some fruit for lunch yeah. at the schools, I would just eat that maybe with another, another shake. And f- for dinner, um, a lot of times it was probably just something, something very, very like low carb or fruit again. I, I wasn't eating enough looking back, you know, I probably wasn't doing all the, the right, the right things. Well, probably. even going back to my story that we just released that podcast, I had the same experience when it came to my very first time losing weight. You just don't know, but we're obviously, you know, we, we've learned from it and we've figured out what works for us. And even though that it's something that probably isn't the healthiest at the time, it's what worked and we just learned from it. And that's, that's what's most important is that you just start somewhere. Yeah. It was all new to me and I just, I just did what I thought was right at the time. And I did, I did lose, I don't know, 50, 60 pounds relatively fast. And supplement shop i had just discovered a nutrition shop in town it was um maximum nutrition on broad street in rome he was he had, he had just opened up a few years prior to me getting into the fitness world and he ended up steve bailey ended up even having a, a huge impact on what happened next for the next stages yeah and that was getting into competitive bodybuilding so, and you were how old at this time so at this point um I was probably 17 years old. At this point, I had lost a ton of weight, and he wanted to start kind of helping me get ready for a show. We took some progress photos. He helped me kind of bulk up in a, in a right way, and then we, we leaned down for my first teenage bodybuilding show that happened in Atlanta. This would have been in like 2003 or four. Okay. So made, made a huge transformation because I had some guidance and some, some coaching per se. So I have to ask, what was your confidence like at this time? So when you first started – you were not the most confident kid, and then you drop all this weight. What did that do for what did what did that do for a, a young Keith? It was it was awesome. I mean, you go from you go from a kid that's hardly got hardly any self esteem to to being really overweight to 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 really you know showing yourself you can stick to something, and then essentially six months later having a visible abs. That's that's fast. That's great. I mean that does that does wonders. Yeah, if you, that's if you, wild. If you want if you want to self <laughs> if you want to increase in self esteem, get yourself a six pack. There you go. That that works. Not not a six pack of beer. No, no. So, wrong six pack. Different six pack. Yeah. So it, it did it did wonders. I mean, I think it helped all areas of my life. I mean, not being scared to do certain things, and it seemed like that helped a lot of areas start flowing as far as you know getting creative and getting into music and playing guitar in public and all that stuff. So it does yeah. when you, when you're able to set a goal and you're able to find the discipline and start creating some of these habits, it does something to your gosh, it just does something in your mind. Something just clicks and it tells you that you can do a lot more than what you think you can do. And it does open up a lot of doors that you didn't think were even there it's like just all of a sudden this yep. door's there and you're like what's this and you open it up and you're like oh i can 
play guitar in front of people now. That wasn't even on your radar, I don't think, at, a, at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So for, the, for that to happen so young, um, I've seen it happen in, in grownups where their confidence is low and they're carrying some extra weight and they just don't think that they can exercise. They don't think they can get in the gym and here they are and they decide that this is going to be the time that they're going to do it. And then all of a sudden all these doors just open up. It's incredible to see. Yeah. I think shortly after I competed in my first bodybuilding competition as a teenager, we took uh, me and my best friend at the time, we actually went straight from the um, the, the event hall where the, um, the bodybuilding show took place and we got in his truck and went straight to Panama city for spring break. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> so there I was, um, totally shredded, shredded and had a fake tan on. So I'll never forget. <laughs> I'm sitting on the beach. It's, it's kind of dark. And Cause that's a special kind of tan. Yes. And I had, I had brought my guitar. So you, you combine a, a guitar playing shredded dude on the beach. It kind of attracts, uh, some females. Yeah. And I remember a girl, complimenting me on my tan how 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 good my tan was and i was like thank you i you know, I, I didn't tell her it was fake so. <laughs> you didn't tell her you had just come off stage no nope. i just kind of <laughs> rolled with it you just have those abs year-round <laughs> yep so that was a that was a cool actually what am i talking about you actually do have abs year-round <laughs> eh, sometimes it's a it's a four-pack they're there the lines pack. are there the lines are there yeah that's kind of how i keep it in check now is once all the lines disappear, that's that's a that's a problem. Yeah. So me. were you were you able to sustain that throughout? Like, so you're you're competing in bodybuilding shows. How how many times were you able to compete in a bodybuilding show? So at that point, I got really really obsessed, like into it. Like, I mean, I think I um, actually started working part time for the the supplement shop that that helped me. Yeah. And that obviously can consume me in that environment and kept me, kept me motivated and focused. And I think I ended up competing, um, four or five times over the next four or five years. Um, the, the guy that started the supplement shop, Steve Bailey actually started what is now was called the Roman classic in Rome. And I actually competed in the first two shows, 2007 and eight okay. in Rome. So it's still around. I think they're on their like, it's like 16th or 17th annual Roman classic, which ironically I'm now a judge for. How crazy is that? Guest judge. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this will be my third year on the judging panel for the, the local Roman classic. And that'll be coming show. up in June, I believe. Yep. In June. So I, I, I enjoy doing that. It's kind of my way of giving back to the a sport that I'm ultimately passionate about, passionate about. And I look back and, I can see myself up on that stage, you know, with a bunch of young guys and a lot of good memories. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you finish with that stage in your life. Back on that stage, I'm sorry. There was a another pivotal mom- moment that happened that propelled that, that whole area even more. So if you remember 10 minutes ago, I had said the, the guy that owns a supplement shop took, took some photos of me as I made my transformation. Yes. Ended up being really good photos. I mean, just for and these are progress pictures, right? Progress like, pictures. Yeah, we we actually X on the on we the actually ground. put an X on the carpet. This is legit. Stood in the same spot. Steve, the guy that on the shop, was just doing it more or less to help me track my progress. He knew the he knew the importance of not just going by a scale. He knew the importance of 
of taking everything into consideration, you know, uh, pictures, how you feel. Uh, at that time, all we had access to was body fat calipers. This is oh, the, yeah. the metal calipers. I think we had some of those. Skin. Yeah, we do like a, I think an eight or nine point caliper uh, skin fold mm-hmm. test. And we would write those down. He had a little journal behind the counter. And long story short, when we got finished with that, that first competition, these photos were hanging up in his shop. And everybody was like, man, you know, these photos need to be in like a magazine. You know, what, why don't you, why don't you send these off? And at first I was like, no, I'm not worried about that, man. Like, that's crazy. And one day we were just sitting around. It was raining outside. I said, you know what, what I've got to lose. I packaged these photos up in an envelope. I think I got on some kind of computer or maybe hand wrote a letter to the, one of the companies that I had actually used their product. I had used a company called Nutrex. It was the actual fat burner that was sitting on my bedside table. And this had ephedra in it. This is back in the early 2000s when uh, ephedra was still around and, and stuff was really, really strong. Yes. So Things were a little different Yeah, back a little then. different. But uh, that company's still around. They still make good products. But either way, uh, I wrote the address on the envelope, sent it off, and just kind of forgot about it. And... Months went by. I'm actually sitting in class, math class, and a guy taps me on my shoulder and says, dude, you're in my magazine. (laughs) I turn around, and on the Muscle and Fitness magazine of like 2000, I can't remember. There I am. I'm inside this magazine. I'm like, I think I'm dreaming. I'm like, holy cow, they they use my pictures. That's that's nice of them, but I wish they would have kind of gave me a heads up, but I don't even know if I left my phone number in the in the letter. <laughs> so it's probably not even their fault. So I actually I actually pretended I had to go to the restroom and I think I actually left school campus, just bailed out and went straight to Barnes and Noble and there they were on the on the shelf. I mean, just all nice and printed. There I was in the in the magazine. So I actually reached out to the company. I called them, got in the mag or looked them up. I don't even know where I went. Uh, I guess I borrowed a computer or something like that, found the phone number and called them. And they were like, yeah, man, that's great photos. Yeah. We need to, we need to um, compensate you for, for those photos. And they're like, what's your address? And so I told them my address and then probably a week later, checked the mailbox and not, well, not only then, not only the mailbox, but there was a package on the front porch and then a letter in the mailbox inside the letter was like a, a $1,500 check. And then in the box was probably like a one year's worth of supplements for free. That is awesome. So this, this <laughs> is all like hap- a dream box. <laughs> this is all happening. Like I said, early, you know, teenage, like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. In that time frame, So they ended up really getting a lot of feedback from those, from those photos. It, it helped them sell more products. So they actually reached back out to me and we ended up signing a contract for like two years so they, they actually sponsored me for like two years, kept sending me products. They ended up inviting me to some of the expos, Mr. Olympia, the Arnold's. They, they would pay for everything. So lots of cool memories with that company. Ended up, ended up working for them full time uh, years later uh, as their Southeast sales rep for that, that supplement company. Yeah, that was a huge opportunity for yep. you too. All of, all of those doors just opened because you just decided that – you weren't, you, you just wanted to get fitter. Yep. You just and want, you were just a kid with low self-esteem and you just wanted to get fitter. 
they invited me out to their first info commercial shoot it's in Hollywood. And you talk about pretty nerve wracking. You're in this huge warehouse. You've got the green screen and they're trying to make it look like we're hanging out by a pool and I'm supposed to be I'm throwing a Frisbee with this other dude. We're in some swim trunks and they, they're trying to make this commercial look like we're at a, at a beach or a pool. And inside this warehouse, there's other commercials being shot in different corners. And I remember going to the main break room and it just so happened that there was, there was shooting a Nike shoe commercial in that, in that same day. And I remember the guy in the break room, he's like six foot nine is one of the wizards basketball players. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Um, you know, meeting some of those players and seeing all that happen right there in the same warehouse that I was in. That is wild. Yep. So yeah, lots of opportunities came from just, just taking that step to, to better myself. Now, once that door closes, because you said you just had a, a two-year contract and that opportunity ends up moving on, where where are you at this time in your life? So probably at this time. Because um, you're kind of living large at this time. Yeah, like it's. it's um, Relatively speaking. You're, you're getting to do what you really love and that's it was all new and it's fitness and it's it's helping people. And you're essentially getting paid to to be to be fit. But yeah, it, it all ended. Um, of course, I had to um, move on and get some other careers. Ended up doing construction, uh, working for um, uh, a couple of different companies. We can start with a few. I've had a, quite a few jobs. I love this look that you're giving me right now because <laughs> we we both we the the resume that this man has it, it's quite inspiring to anyone really that's not really sure what it is that they want to do with their life i'll have him just run his resume down to my son for instance with both of my kids i mean i've got two totally opposite kids two totally opposite ends of the spectrum i've got one my daughter who's college bound she knows exactly what she wants to do my older one my son he just wasn't sure. He wanted to take a gap year. He was really, really, he was being hard on himself, really hard on himself. And I just wanted him to keep his options open. I want my daughter to keep her options open. Don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking that the career that you think you're going to have at 16 and 17 years old is going to be the one that you're going to have. And don't think that you've got to pick your career at 18, 19 years old, which is where my son was at the time. And I love it when Keith is able to just shed some light on him for him to see that you don't have to have it all figured out. Because as you're about to hear, Lord knows Keith did not have it all figured out. No, I just, I just knew I, I, I wasn't a fan of school. I knew I wanted to be out exploring, learning, making money by, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade in my mind. I already knew how to do basic math. I knew how to read. Everything else was a waste. You I didn't, were good to go at I that didn't point. need to learn about Abraham's wooden teeth and all that good stuff. I'm like, get me out of here. I need to go explore, make money, learn. And you kind of did that, didn't you? Yeah. Even at that age. Yeah, I mean, um, car detailing business was one of the first businesses that I started at 15 years old. People used to bring their vehicles to, to my house, but then when I got old enough to drive— I would actually skip school and 
go out and actually had a little gig with some local doctor's offices and, and other places where I would actually clean their vehicles right there on, on the spot. So when the, the doctors and the nurses would come out to their car, they would be clean and they didn't even have to touch it. They didn't have to drive it anywhere. I would actually use their, their water spigot. I didn't have to have no fancy rig with a water tank. I would just say, Hey, you got a spigot right there. I'm just going to bring a hundred foot drop cord and a hundred foot hose a bucket full of some car wash material. And I would make a few hundred bucks every evening uh, doing that as a, as a 16, 17 year old. That is crazy. Yep. The 16, 17 year old. Yep. So, but yeah, from there, I mean, I've had, I've worked for, um, you know, construction. I've did, um, work for a company called Suzuki that made foilers. I remember my job at that company was just checking air pressure and tires talking about boring. I mean, for, 10 hours a day, I would have to check air pressure and tires. And if it had too much, let it out. If it needed air, put some in. Um, went on to doing, um, let's see, what else? Sometimes I've done so much, I forget them all. At one point in my life, I was in between jobs, and barbering was in my family, you know, hair, hair cutting yeah. and barbering. So I would, I actually chose to go to school to get my barber's license, did that for a while. And I keep, still keep them up. Worked for, um, uh, Drove an eighteen wheeler truck, worked for a, a beer distribution company called Eagle Rock. So I, I still keep my CDLs. I still have those. I still got my cosmetology license. So if if all else fails, I should I should be able to to provide a little bit. Yes, you. I got some. I got some stuff to fall back on. The CDL is probably my favorite because it, you could just see the the confidence when you drive your truck. As as someone who sits in the passenger seat quite often, there there's just something about the confidence that comes from you when you've got to when you've got to move that truck around or back back it up, <laughs> back right? it up, yes, back it up to trailer. a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that and that was one of the if I remember correctly when we first started dating, that was one of the first like things that turned you on. Yes, I was like, like wow, wow. This guy can really back a truck. Yeah. There's just a confidence that came along with it. I was like, wow. I was like, check that out. And I'm just like looking at you. I'm just staring at you with this, wow, look on my face. And you're like, what? Yeah, and that <laughs> and that was, talk about things that, that was another example I can use to show that what you think is impossible or can't be done can be done if you just put yourself out there and stay consistent with it. I remember when I first got a job at this um beverage distribution place called eagle rock um I, I was just a person that rode in the passenger seat of these big 18 wheeler trucks i mean these are full length 53 foot you know 10 speed semi trucks and i remember watching the guy just effortlessly back this big rig into a to a dock at a grocery store and he would sometimes do it while he's on the phone with his wife and i'm thinking that's crazy. Like how, how many years would it take me to learn that? I don't know if I ever could. That's just, it just seems so intimidating. Well, it got to the point where, you know, you need to move up within the company. So they started offering CDL training there at the warehouse. We would, it would be up to you to stay late in the evenings to practice. And they would allow you to drive the trucks on a empty parking lot and use orange cones. And they would say, here, here's the keys you got two hours to practice every day. It's totally up to you if you want to move forward in this company because once you become a driver, you made way more money. So I was like, let's just go for it. So I think it took me a couple of months of just staying after work, practicing, you know, just 
driving that thing, trying to navigate through the orange cones. And I finally got what I thought was prepared enough to go and take the actual test in Dalton, which is about 45 minutes north of Rome. And really nervous, get up get up to Dalton. We do the pre-trip inspection where you got to like point out you know, if it makes sure it, the oil level's good and everything on the outside of the truck is good and you go for your actual driving test, well, I think I'm doing great. We get back and the lady's like, you did great, but your your trailer tires hit the curb and that's an automatic fail. Oh, my god! So. Come on. I, yeah. Who doesn't so, do that? <laughs> so I was very, you know, obviously frustrated, but I had to wait like 30 days before I could go back and take it again. So I went back, took it again, and passed it. So, yeah, I worked really – I feel like I worked really hard to get those licenses. I don't use them anymore, but I still keep them up for that reason. And the yeah. same same thing with the, the cosmetology license. Like, I don't I do not do hair, and I, I don't know if I'll ever do hair again, but I know what time it took invested to get to get those licenses. Not only was it over a year's worth of schooling, but then two trips to Atlanta to take the state board test to get those licenses. So, I, yes, every, every year when it comes up for renewal – I'm renewing them. You've got it. I don't know if I went off on a sidetrack there. I don't even know where we were. We're heading. That's all right. Well, we were talking about the transition in your life yeah. from working for Nutrex and kind of living the large life. And then you're having to transition back into, dare I say, normal people life. Yep. yep. So as I continue to, to kind of job hop and figure out what I want to do for, for a living, I finally land a what I consider a, a, my first real career job at a company called direct TV. And this is the, the whole package. This mm-hmm. is the, this is the 401k. This is the retirement. Uh, this is at the time what I consider really good money. So I'm thinking, Hey, this is where I'm going to retire from. So I just got engaged my first marriage from my first marriage. And there I am. And yeah, so as, as, as time goes on and you start, becoming more of an adult and having these normal real life like responsibilities, it does get a little bit harder and harder to, to stay focused and, and, uh, you know, it's not new anymore, you know, right. and all the new is no more off of the, all the fitness stuff. So at that time you, it does start shifting more towards, I guess, discipline. And some of these motivation. habits that you, you, you probably either, I'm just guessing here, maybe took for granted or you just hadn't established them yet in your new life because now we're on the road a little bit more and the demands of, you know, a relationship and just, just normal adulting type things. Yeah. So I had to, you know, it really shifted from exciting to true, true, just trying to have discipline enough to, it became a grind at that time Yep. to, to, you know, with the job with direct TV, I was always on the road and I had to really find a way to make it work. And for me, that was what I call snack prepping. And I'd always have a, a box in the passenger seat with, um, what I consider healthier snacks, rice cakes, uh, peanut butter, a, a box of plastic spoons, fruit, Just anything to keep you from going for the candy bars yep. at the gas stations, um, protein bars, packs of tuna, and I would always have that in my passenger seat because I never know, really knew where I was going to be on my route that day. And if I did come across something, what I thought was relatively healthy, like a subway, I would swing by there, but you just never knew. So it took, took a little bit of preparation, but 
it got to a point where, you know, you get married and life starts happening and, um, it's just, it's just real life stuff. And you backslide a little bit. Um, you're into a, a new marriage and of course that, that new wears off. You get comfortable, you get happy. We talked about, talked that. about that. We talked about that with my story. The, yep. you, uh, you relax a little bit. You're not, you're not in the looking for a relationship at that time. And that, that is, we talked about last time, a lot of what motivates people. And that was ultimately your driving motivation when you were 15 and 16 years old. And, uh, you know, when you, when you do get into that settled relationship, some that, that does get put on the back burner with a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy to do. It's too easy to do. I mean, you, it's weird. We talked about that, like you said last time and it's, I often wonder what the psychology is in that. Like, how can you just totally take your foot off the gas in certain areas of your life that you were so dialed into before you you got in that relationship? And it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I would say it happens to to most most people. Most just, people. I've I've been there, and it's just, gosh, if we could just find a way to to not do that. Well, here's <laughs> what I have told my son. I've told him he's he's on a on a journey himself just an overall wellness journey if you will and uh we we talk about when it comes time to finding a relationship you know if you go into a fitness journey or a weight loss journey if you go into it with the intent of finding a life partner once you find that life partner then okay game over like i don't need to keep this up any longer we talk about you just work on being the very best you you can be like like don't be trying to find your perfect partner once you are on the path of being the best you you can be just naturally speaking you're going to attract someone who's being the very best them they can be and then you become the very best yous you can be together but if you're going into the relationship if you're going into your weight loss journey with the purpose of finding your lifelong mate then once you get that lifelong mate, then like I said, game over at that point. Or we see this sometimes too. And this is another angle where let's just say your son Bose Mm -hmm. was to meet somebody and they get going into a relationship and let's just say they kind of have some similar habits at that time. Yeah. Not very active, not really putting their health or fitness at all in their life anywhere as far as a priority. But let's just say, one of them actually gets gets inspired by something and they start getting in shape, eating better. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder at that point. Yeah. Not only and, is it harder because you just don't have the, the support because at that point you, you kind of start becoming two different people. Yeah, you and, do. You start going down a different path. And that sometimes, a lot of times, is a threat to the other person because you're reminding them that change is possible and they may not be ready to change. And if you're changing, what else in their life can change? So it can create some friction within a relationship and that can go one of two ways. We have seen it go one of two ways. Yep. And I've, I've kind of been in them same, that same situation where you, you truly start, you kind of start growing apart. You know, you, you have this burning desire to better yourself and start eating better and you're working out and your your self-confidence is improving of course with 
looking better opens doors. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm, I'm not going to sit here and deny that. You know, you know as well as I know that that that's that's a no brainer. Yeah. When a male or female starts getting in shape, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna open the door up for the opposite sex to to have more of a conversation with you. Yeah. So that's and you know and if if you're in a, a relationship where y'all are not on the same page, whether going into the relationship or sometime in it, it's going to be hard to, to keep it glued together. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to be said for being communicative within the relationship of what your goals are and what you would like to see happen and setting those boundaries. Um, and then if you're not in a relationship, there's a lot to be said for getting getting your stuff together before you bring someone else into that relationship. Because if, if you're solid and you know what you're doing and you know that fitness is an important part of your life, you know that staying a certain within a certain weight range or you want to put on muscle or you want to take body fat off, whatever it is, you are so solid in what you want to do that anyone else coming in is going to have to, they're going to have to compliment that. They can't come in. If you're so solid in it and someone comes in and tells you, you work out too much, it is way easier. If you're solid in where you are, it's way easier to say, okay, you're not for me. That was one of those things when I was, in my single life, I, I was a CrossFitter at the time, and I loved weightlifting. I still do, but at the time, I loved weightlifting, and I loved the way that my body was shaping up. And th- there was a, a man at the gym that the owner of the gym, he would train, and, and this man was like 80-something years old. I loved him. I loved him. And he he told me that I I needed to tone it down a little bit or I was going to intimidate the men. And Mm -hmm. I said, Herschel, I was like, I plan on being as bold and out there as I possibly can. I said, because I do hope that I scare men off. I do hope that I do that. I want to be able to attract someone that can handle exactly who I am, exactly the way that I am. And I was not going to shrink away or shy away. And that's how steady I was. That way, if anyone else came in and they said, you work out too much, it was so much easier for me to say, you're not the one for me. Yep. But yeah. I got got caught up into the the happiness and just getting complacent. And I, I think I ended up, I didn't stop working out. I've never really stopped working out. That's one thing I can say is I've always stayed consistent in the gym. It's the, the diet. For me, the diet. I think we're we're both pretty good examples of you can work out. You, yep. can, you can work out all you want to, but if you don't have that nutrition in check, things things aren't going to pan out exactly the way that you want them to. Yep. So I I can say that I've really never really got out of the gym since I got into it. I mean, the only time I've ever not worked out is if I've just been really really sick, which is maybe once every few years. Knock on wood. But yeah, the diet for me, I was happy. Um, the new had wore off. Uh, the marriage and this is in my first marriage and mm-hmm. so I think I ended up putting on I don't know probably 30 pounds of uh, some pretty bad weight and um, I remember just looking in the mirror one morning man being like or seeing some old photos and just it's re- reigniting that, that that feeling of man I used to be a lot more disciplined and more confident because honestly at that point uh, yeah, despite having the good the good quote quote career and the 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 home and 
the wife and all that stuff. I was just was falling apart as a as kind of a man. So I think that's when I kind of reeled it back in. And do you remember you you said you were standing in in the bathroom or you were looking in the mirror old yeah. pictures like do you remember, remember that moment that you said it's it stops here. Yep. Like, like the shift. Do you remember exactly where you were? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 seriously looking at photos will do that like so if that's what it takes to reignite that that desire in you then do it because it, it sometimes that's something i'll do is if you especially now with instagram and facebook and you can scroll back and these phones have kajillion pictures and them. if there's ever a, a time in your life where you were kind of shining brighter uh scroll back to that time frame you know and it, it will it, you'll be like oh crap like that that moment right there, I was, I, I was on top of it like I was badass, like so it kind of motivates you to get back, get your crap back together. Yeah. So how did you do that then? What was your first step? What was your first step? Here you are, you're you're an adult. You're not a kid anymore. You've got real life responsibilities. You've got the career job. You're on the road a lot. What was what was that thing that you started with? Because there's a lot of people I know in your shoes right now. Like there's a lot of people in, in that, that family situation and they're just, looking at the picture yeah, just stop, like you did. Stop doing the easy stuff. Like it was at that time, I think I had stopped prepping and I was just swinging through the fast food restaurants, grabbing the more normal things that people grab, the burger yeah. and fries. And you can, you can, what's weird is you can justify it in your head to make it, to make it like work for you. So like I probably told myself, Hey, I'm just going through a building phase. You know, I'm trying to put on it. I'm trying to put on muscle. Let's make this a, a building, a building phase. One year long off season. One year long. <laughs> no, it was, I was getting thick. It wasn't muscle. <laughs> so that's what's but crazy. You can justify I, it in I was your about head. To say, you can, you can definitely tell yourself, you can tell yourself stuff like that enough to where you start to believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's same thing with everything. Like even with like drugs, alcohol, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, glass of wine every night good for the heart yeah right <laughs> it's all the antioxidants <laughs> you know you could choose um blueberries you know yeah something like that that's kind of what they're talking about when they say that you know the berries and the grapes and all that kind of stuff of course yeah. people want to want to justify though they want they want to be able to they, they want to ignore the fact that you know any type of alcohol it it actually has poison in it. It actually has that. You could get those same antioxidant effects by actually eating the berries minus all the poison. Yeah. And we'll, we'll imagine at some point you'll we can have a whole other episode on Oh yeah. That kind of stuff. I could I could talk on that, but this is this is your story. Yeah, so like yeah, just I just Stop doing the easy stuff, the convenient stuff, the normal stuff, like driving through the fast food restaurants. I got back to prepping. And for anybody that that works on the road or even an office type environment, like that's truly, I think, the most, the biggest benefit is just trying to do some kind of prep. Even like I said, if you don't, if you don't want to get as far as full meal prepping, snack prep, protein prep, like try to get in some good clean sources of protein per day. So, yeah, I was – Going back to the Publix or Kroger, getting my snacks. I knew what worked. You know, rice cakes, the Quaker caramel or apple mm-hmm. rice cakes. 
you know, putting those into my box, the tuna packets. You know, those things you can just rip open. You don't have to drain the water off. Super convenient. You know, I'd maybe keep a keep a bottle of hot sauce or mustard in my in that box too, plastic spoons. I was back to doing that. And I think for the first for the first month or two until I got the ball rolling, I just I just just did those changes, tracked protein. I just made sure to get in some protein. And like I said, the work the movement was there. So I already had the the gym thing down. But yeah, as soon as I started getting back on track with the 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 food part, I was able to to knock off that 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 thirty pounds. Um you know, probably within it probably took me, you know, maybe six months or so. Yeah. So at that point, and of course, since even since then, I fluctuate. You see me fluctuate. Yep. But it just, just depends on the time of year. Different chapters we go through. Yep. yep. When it, the closer it gets to summer, I see you dial it in a little bit more. Yep. I always tell myself I'm going to get really, really lean for summer because it's just fun to do for me. It's a personal challenge because you really to, to walk around with. I don't care who you are. I mean, yes, there's a there's a genetic freaks out there. They're just really lean year round and have super fast metabolism. But for the most part, when you see a guy that's able to walk around and have some, some good lean um, vascular and have a abs, that's, that's a reflection of some hard work. Yes, it really is. He's, he's, he's got something in his life. He's disciplined. So, and I, I kind of want to be that person, you know, somebody look at me and say, Hey, he's got that mastered. And for me, I know, we we put this this whole fitness thing and nutrition thing kind of kind of high up on a pedestal, but it it really does, in my opinion, if you if you lean into that, regardless of who you are or how old you are, and you start controlling your food choices and you get active in movement, it really does help all areas in your life. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you ever you ever thought about that? Like, wow. Why? Why is fitness and nutrition such a such a big big deal? You know why? Well, because you're thinking you're like, why, well, what about you know other areas like stretching and you know your your religion and your spiritual state of mind and all that stuff? You know, but to me, if if you can get moving and, and control what you put in your mouth and get healthy and moving, it ain't got to be perfect, but it really does help. It can help your job. It help your career. It can help the way you feel. Your confidence. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you'd it be amazed at what happens. Everything. Yep. And I've heard it described as it's the ultimate status symbol. It's you, you cannot buy it. You cannot true. buy a fit body. No one can do it for you. You can't just go walk into the gym and sit there for an hour and all of a sudden get fit. There's actual work that goes into it. And when you see what you're capable of doing, when you're able to do the things that are needed to be done day after day after day with your nutrition, with your fitness, when you're able to see yourself be able to do that, you can, you, you start to convince yourself that, well, gosh, what else can I do? And it does affect every other aspect of your life. That's like step one for me. It makes me start to become more connected spiritually. I'm like, if yep. I can do this, when I was going to, um, when I was on my sobriety journey, I'm always on my sobriety journey. <laughs> it just takes different forms. But I was going to AA meetings every single day. I would call that my spiritual gym. Yep. That is where I went to get spiritually fit. 
And I treated those meetings just like I treated going to the gym. If I missed a meeting, it was it was because I was sick, which I don't even think I was ever sick at the time. But that really is the only time that I will miss time to go to the gym. Thankfully, I just don't get sick. Very rarely do I, just no, like you. Don't. And if I didn't go to a meeting, I felt in its own way the same way as if I didn't go to the gym. It was like, it was one of those, I just didn't feel like going. No, you still go. It's an hour out of my day. You go. And I would always feel better. There is not one meeting that I ever regretted going to, just like the gym. There is not one time I've ever regretted going to the gym. It does. It, it affects every other aspect of your life. And you do start to realize there is so much more out there than what I'm allowing myself to explore. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes I'll, I'll try to really put myself in a, try my hardest to put myself in a position of somebody that's so new, like they, they haven't been a member of a gym and, or have never really been conscious of what they eat. And I really do try to try to relate and, and put myself in their shoes and give them what I feel like is, is realistic habits or things they can do, get the ball rolling. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I really want to, that's what we're at. You know, we're at a point where we're wanting to, because it's you, you hear it all the time. People hear it enough in their feed. You know, go to the gym, do this, do that. But that's obviously not working, right? Because we you'd have more fit people. So there's obviously some, something else blocking that. I think we're, we're both on a mission to try to find work with individuals and peel those layers back to figure out what those mental blocks are. Yes, because, because like you said, if it was just as simple as go to the gym, then you you would see a lot more fit people out there and we know that there's more to it and this is what I love about having the the two teenagers that we have in our house right now is we we get that insider look at what the insecurities are that people have what their blocks are what their hang-ups are because we encourage them to talk to us why are you nervous to go to the gym we've got one who has been going to the gym but she was resistant at first and we were able to you know, just meet her where she was and, and give her gentle nudges. And then as she started going, she started looking to her brother and she's like, you need to go. And at first he was like, no, but then we started just, just prying and poking a little bit until he opened up and told us why he was nervous to go to the gym. And now today I'm about to take him and get him his first membership and get that ball rolling with him. But we're able to see the, I just feel like we kind of have this this little bird's eye view to where we can we can take and apply that to real yeah. life people. <laughs> yeah, and both both of them had had some kind of mental insecurities of basically other people judging them. Yes, in yes, the, in the gym. Yep, it was being afraid of other people judging them. Um, the being afraid that that it was a competitive atmosphere, uh, just the fear of the unknown of who was going to be there. It, it was just all these things that we just worked through. There is a solution for every insecurity that you have. You've just got to be honest and open enough to be able to tell someone and then be open and receiving enough to be able to hear what it is that they're saying. So for instance, if, if you're afraid of someone being at the gym, well, usually people go to the gym about the same time. 
just don't go at that time. (laughs) Just pick a different time to go until you get the confidence up. Because I tell you, if you go enough, there will come a time where you won't care if that person is there or not. You will be so secure and so steady in what you're doing. It won't matter who is around. It won't matter. And find you a friend. I mean, it'd be like me trying to go into something that I've never done before. Like, I don't know what's, what's something where it would require me to walk into a building and try to start navigating my own way. What's what, what would that be? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think too. Would it be like, I don't know, horseback riding. There you go. Or rodeo <laughs> bull riding. Like what if, what if, what if I wanted to get into that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, there would be some insecurities like, you know, like a, like, where do I go? Um, Man, like I'm gonna walk in there and look like a fool. Like these other, all these other people are gonna be doing their thing, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But it would help to have someone show you the ropes if that was something that that you were interested in doing. One of the things that Kara had said was, "I just have I." This is what she tells her brother: "I just have mom go with me. Yep. No one's gonna make fun of me if she's there." So, so yeah, I went. It just took one time, and and she's been doing it on her own ever since. Yeah, find you a friend. If you can't find a friend, then I promise you, there's there's still resources. There's some, no matter what city you, or state you live in, I promise you, there's there's gyms with trainers. There's facilities like like Orange Theory Fitness. I know every angle of the fitness community we have here in Rome, and all these people are not judgy. They're willing to to just have a one on one conversation with you and really make you feel comfortable and show you some stuff. Yeah. So that's what's cool. I think, I think there's way more resources out there than people uh, are aware of. And if you're still too afraid going. to reach out and ask someone for help, because I'm, I'm, I might be that type of person. One of my favorite little hacks that I would do when I was a member of, you know, a bigger gym Find the cardio equipment that you know how to use. Okay. The treadmill is usually going to be that thing. Get on the treadmill and then just observe. Don't tell yourself you've got to work any machine. Don't say you've got to lift a single weight. Just get on the cardio machine and just observe. Get a lay of the land. And then if there's something that you don't know how to do, get on your phone and just Google. Say, you know, best arm exercises or best leg exercises, pick four of them and then go do them. By the time you've been on that treadmill long enough, you kind of know where things are. And if it takes you a few times and then you'll get to know the people. Here's a, if if you're a, if you're an observer, just observe the people, you'll find the people that love to talk. Those are going to be the people that you'll say, Hey, can you show me how to use this piece of equipment, please? I've done that so many times, but that comes from just observing, getting the lay of the land and knowing the people around you. Yeah. Cause you can literally park, walk right in, find the treadmills and go right to it. You can even put, put a hoodie on and the headphones. Nobody has to know it's your first day. Yeah. And like she said, just, just, just start walking. Even if that's all you do the first week while you're kind of getting the feel of the gym environment is just get some cardio in. That's, that's, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. I like that example. Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else you want to? Well, let's see. We kind of got to wrap you up just a yeah. little bit. So you, you've, gosh, we talked about your direct TV days, but there, there is a whole section where you become a stump grinder and you buy a smoothie shop. I mean, we, we could probably do a whole 
a whole other section on this later part of your life. Uh, you're a smoothie shop owner now. You're co-owner of Wydrate. Yep. We've got this going on. We've got Omni Wellness. There's there's a lot that you've got going on. And all this time, you've been able to maintain that weight loss. And like you said, you will fluctuate. But for the most part, you you keep yep. it you keep it pretty dialed in. How do you do that with so many, you know, I get the metaphors mixed up. Is it irons in the fire? Right. Well, okay. you, just as you just said, a lot going on. And, and yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, cool things, a lot of opportunities came my way. And all that was from having that anchor of, of fitness and being in my, you know, putting it as a priority. I don't think none of the opportunities that has what I've been, what I consider stepping stones come my way. If, if fitness and having that, that, that just that route would have probably even happened. You know, I, everything was a stepping stone that stemmed from the fitness world. Yeah. And trying to, trying to stay consistent at taking care of my own body and that building confidence. You know, if it wasn't for me, gaining confidence through the fitness world, I may not have had enough confidence to go out and buy a stump grinding machine to start my own business. Because by that time you were, you were, Oh gosh, the, the direct TV thing was getting, was getting kind of rough. Like it was, I mean, you were doing it. It's not like it was, it was terrible, but you were working for someone and just the thought of working for yourself again, which is where your roots were. Yep. That that was that was quite appealing, but I think you, gosh, you could tell the story better than me. But you really started out doing it just for some extra money on the weekends. Yeah, so I, I, essentially, um, I always been even even if I had jobs, I was always looking for for side gigs to make extra money on the side. So there was never really, I guess, an off day for me. If it was a off day, I was still doing something to generate some cash whether that's detailing cars or working somewhere on the weekends. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really that obsessive about making money, but I just, money to me equals freedom Mm -hmm. and and it gives you options. I like that. So when you got, you got an abundance of cash flow and money, it gives you options in life to where you didn't have before. Yeah. And so I look at that as a source of freedom. So I was always trying to generate, a little bit of extra cash flow on the side. So yeah, the whole stump grinding thing happened through working for direct TV. And I remember installing a satellite dish at a, at a house and a guy having a stump grinding machine off to the side for sale. He was trying to, trying to get me to buy it. And I had no idea what a stump grinder was. <laughs> and he's, he's out there sitting in his lawn chair, sipping Bud Light. He's half drunk. I think he's just full of crap. He's trying to sell me a machine he kept talking. I couldn't leave until the job was done. But so by the time I got finished with the job, he had, he had done told me so much information about the machine and how much money him and his wife used to make that I actually couldn't stop thinking about it when I left there. So I went home and started doing some research. Long story short, I realized that was probably a, a opportunity for the area I lived in because there was nobody really doing, really doing it professionally. So um, after about five banks told me no on the, on the loan, the sixth bank said yes. I got the small, I call it beginner stump grinder machine. 
and uh, started doing it on the weekends. And um, three months later, I was putting in my notice at DirecTV. You started seeing the money-making opportunity. You yep. started seeing the potential so that, that, that quick. Was, that was uh, my, my, my first like real, I guess, business that I had started, that I had turned into a full-time legit business just from a, an idea or a side hustle. Yeah. Everything else kind of in the past had, had kind of maintained to be just a side gig and never was really strong enough to to turn into full time. And but I would say that was the biggest stepping stone to get you to where you are today, where you have created this 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 empire, if you will, that's centered around what you are truly passionate about, which is nutrition fitness, just overall general wellness. Yep. And that ultimately, I remember with the stump grinding rig, you know, having the truck, the long trailer and the equipment, I was same thing, getting up early, driving that rig to the gym and actually parking it over into a side parking lot and going and working out and then hopping in the, in the big truck and the trailer and swinging by the nutrition shop, the smoothie shop to get me a post-workout smoothie. But that wasn't, yeah, that that was someone else's smoothie shop at the time. So you yep. were just a general customer. Yeah, I was just in and a changing clothes. General customer barn. of Spartan smoothies at the time. This was like 2000, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. And uh would literally that was my routine. Work out, get in my truck, go to the smoothie shop, get me a post-workout smoothie. Everybody knows around here knows the Hampton Yep. Smoothie. That was it's, your, it's awesome. well, it's still your smoothie of choice. You, you try and explore and branch out, but you always come back to yep. the Hampton. And, uh, I would actually use their, use their restroom and change clothes and go out and do the stump grinding thing. But one, but one day the owner was there and he was kind of venting to me about how he was having a bad day. The ice machine had went out and was having some employee issues and he had kind of briefly hinted around that he was about ready to sell the shop and i'd always thought owning a smoothie shop would be cool and i left and i actually called him later and asked him if he was serious about that he said yes so we went back and forth for a few months and finally made a uh, a deal in october of 2019 so that's when i took over ownership of the of the smoothie shop in 2019, but still had the stunt grinding business and talk about, talk about, um, what was, what seemed super exciting, but all of a sudden you, you now have a, a legit two businesses and not only a biz, two businesses, but one of them has employees and I never worked in a restaurant industry. So you got the food safety, you got the, the fruit and all the, cause this is a real, real smoothie shop. This ain't, this ain't like some shops that just use like powders. No, this like is this like, is this is this actual, is actual products that can go bad. Like we're actually cutting up pineapple and avocado and bananas and there's and you're also that, doing the grocery shopping for the shop at this time because this is before <laughs> delivery, before grocery delivery. In fact, just I think it was maybe a few months in after yep. you took over the smoothie shop, did they even start doing grocery delivery? But I remember, you know, I'm I'm still living in Cartersville at the time. I'm nowhere really near Rome, and you technically aren't either. You're still living out in Aragon at the time, 
and it was it was quite it was quite interesting. I remember actually being on a job running the stump grinding machine, sawdust all over me, dirt, hot, sweaty, and getting a phone call from one of the employees at the shop, the smoothie shop, saying, hey, we're almost out of pineapple, or we're almost out of bananas, or almond milk. We just so happened to have a busy day, and just totally went through the the produce. Those are are very important ingredients to our smoothie shop. So I would wrap up that job, go find the nearest grocery store, walk inside, covered in dirt, dust and dirt, grab the groceries, drive kind of out of my way to the smoothie shop to drop off these, these groceries and then get back right to it. Did that for probably, I don't know, another year, year yeah. or so. Yeah. Uh, just trying to, trying to keep it all glued together. And, you know, it, I never really regretted the decision i I'll, I'm, I'm telling you when i tell you i have a vision and know where i want things to be i just keep i just keep at it it's just slowly chiseling away each day and you know it wasn't too too far long after that i was able to hire more help better help and just it just kept coming together and it got to the point where i don't of course walmart started delivering groceries i believe that spartan smoothies was their very first local delivery <laughs> yeah that's right they actually came out with a with a cookie cake with a cookie cake and i think one of the vice presidents of, of walmart actually <laughs> took a picture in front of our shop because yeah, we were the very first store in this area that that got a delivery from walmart yeah got that picture somewhere so what a blessing that's been too yeah so um a lot of a lot of times you know you do you do feel like you're just digging a hole that's never going to end you're you're trying to reach this never ending like goal but i've come to find that it it it, it, it happens it really, so it does. really does it's just the timing of it too ended up working out so well where we were just a smoothie shop when you took it over just yeah. a smoothie shop yeah and it's, it goes the same thing with financials like the get rich quick the lose 30 pounds in 30 days there's nothing there's no magical formula man it's all about just consistency if that's one thing that i've done well in in my 38 years is just being consistent you know it i may not be doing all the perfect things at the right at the at the times you know there might have been a better way to to advertise there might have been a better way to set up a llc there might have been a better way to to put on some muscle or lose weight but i just kept it going i just kept it going in the right in, in not in the right direction just moving just moving just moving and learning I along the way. I think that's been the biggest advantage to me is just constant um, move moving. It don't it may not be right at that time, but you know, eventually you, you learn and you you see areas where you can improve and and you just keep moving. You keep like I told you, it's the daily nudges each day. Daily nudges. Yep. Yes. Just nudging every angle of your life. You know, like there's just a mental like note card in my head like you got your relationship side you got your business side you got your financial side you got your family side and i'm like which areas do i need to work on and yes like it's a lot and i find myself like i haven't talked to my mom in a while i need to call her you know nudge that a little bit i need to have lunch with somebody it's it's a lot to keep up with but as i've seen in the past it it does somehow some way end up working out 
for the greater good. It really does. It really does. And you're so good at what you do. I know you're hard on yourself, just like most people are. They're their own worst critics. But as someone that shares this life with you, I can tell you, you do an amazing job at keeping all of the keeping all the balls in the air. I really don't know how you do it, but you do a wonderful job. So where can people find you on social media? What tell us all the things that you got going on right now and where we can find you. So back up a little bit. I actually sold the stump grinding business. So no longer part of grinders stump grinding. I actually sold that to a guy named Jeff Aerosmith. So he's still running the business. He's doing doing a great job. That was a great fit for him. So it's allowed me to focus more on, um, the health and wellness space currently. So because the smoothie shop now, this is where I was going before the smoothie shop now where it just was just smoothies. Now what all does Spartan smoothies offer? Yeah. So it's a one-stop shop, anything from supplements to nutritional coaching, um, body composition scales, which we currently use the Evolt body scan machine. We make our own in-house uh, overnight oat bowls. We have acai bowls, uh, obviously fresh smoothies, anything you can think of. And I, I, I've always drank smoothies. I love smoothies. So if you want a natural peanut butter, we have that. If you want almond butter, we got that. Some butter, we got that. Plant-based, check. You know, Spinach, kale, avocado, yeah, all this so like stuff I said, is we're, fresh. We're slicing avocados. This is not avocado flavoring. This is not pineapple flavoring. This is not powder powders this is the real deal we we slice up at sometimes 30 and 40 pounds of fresh fruit each day mm-hmm. so in my opinion there's no other spartan smoothies i think we are the best yeah and uh i want to continue growing that and actually hopefully in the future you'll see multiple locations that would be awesome yep so where we they can that find me idea yeah. we kick that idea <laughs> around so much so instagram Obviously, Spartan Smoothies, Instagram, and then personal would be um, the Keith Osment, mm-hmm. K-E-I-T-H-O-Z-M-E-N-T. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Of course, this uh, podcast studio, Omni Wellness Studio, has its own Instagram. And then I'm co-owner of Widrate uh, Infusions, and you can find them on Widrate uh, Rome. That's the location that, that I'm co-owner of, and that's another great uh, tool you have too if you if you're ever dehydrated or just need some really good ingredients or dose of vitamins go check out widrate and rome yeah they're um, awesome morgan and josh will take care of you the best the best they are they'll they'll have you cracking up and they're just so knowledgeable you can ask them anything and they'll they'll be ready to tell you whatever you need to know well thank you for coming and telling us your story loved hearing it i've heard those stories a bazillion times yeah. but I'll listen to him a bazillion more. All right. Well, Y'all have a great thank day. You for having me on.